You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints, John is in Herod's prison somewhere in modern-day Jordans on the east side of the Dead Sea, somewhere in Herod's dungeon, and he's about to have his head cut off served up on a platter at the request of his wicked daughter-in-law. John, in our text, has come to the end, to the end of his life and the end of his work. Now, remember how St. Paul speaks of this. He wrote, uh, from, he wrote to Timothy, also in prison, and wrote these words, "'For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come.'" I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to those who love His appearing. This could just as well be spoken of John the Baptist. John is ready to be poured out. He has fought the good fight. He has finished the race. He has kept the faith. And there are only two things left for him to do. He will preach one last sermon, and he will hear one last sermon. First, his last sermon that he preached, like all of his preaching, John points to Jesus He tells his disciples that we're still gathered around him, even though he's in prison. He tells them to go and find Jesus and ask him if he was the one that was to be expected. Now, this is amazing, especially when we think back to John the Baptist in his prime, when he's standing in the Jordan River, flailing away at the Pharisees and their showy goodness when he's there giving comfort to sinners, when he's baptizing them for the forgiveness of their sins and telling them that the kingdom of God is at hand. Or or in the highlight of his ministry, when John baptizes Jesus, this is the gospel text, by the way, for next week, and he points to Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now John is at the end, and he's weak, and he's got nothing left, but he's still preaching. And he's still pointing to Jesus, to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There has been in the history of the church a lot of conversation about John in prison and the state of his faith. When he sends his disciples to ask the question, are you the one that we are looking for or should we wait for another? Uh, the question is, is John doubting? Is he doubting his own, is he doubting his own preaching? Is his faith dwindling or weak? And the answer is, it could be. We know, all of us know, that the devil assaults us with the temptation to doubt God's Word. When we pray the sixth petition, lead us not into temptation, we're praying that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or lead us into false belief or despair or other great shame and vice. It could be that John was tempted in these moments of darkness in the prison, that he was tempted to doubt or to despair. But John has something greater than his doubts. 
He has God's word, even in prison. He has Jesus. And he points to him in this last sermon, even from his dungeon, sending his disciples to listen to Jesus. But even greater than this, John's last sermon, is the fact that John the Baptist will hear or listen to one last sermon. His disciples, and this really is the whole purpose of his sending his disciples with a question, so that they would come back and preach to him. (laughs) The disciples go to Jesus, and then they come back. Jesus, here, here it is from the text, Jesus answered the disciples, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the good news preached to them. Blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Jesus is sending his the disciples of John back to John with a sermon to preach to him. And what Jesus does is piles up in any number of Old Testament promises and prophecies about how it will be with the Messiah. How he'll heal and he'll cleanse and he'll give life and freedom and even raise people from the dead that he will give hope. Jesus says to these disciples of John, go, friends, and preach this to John. Give him comfort and peace that I am the Christ, the long-expected one, so that he might die the blessed death of a Christian and come to everlasting life. Now, I think it's something for us to consider. I don't know what really to make of it, but John, that Jesus sends John's disciples to, to, to him rather than going himself to comfort him before his martyrdom. I think that's there's something for us there, but I'm not sure. Maybe next year we'll consider what that is. But we consider at least the sermon that Jesus sends these disciples to preach, and especially this line which is the most comforting to John and also to us. The poor have the good news preached to them. I mean, look at John the Baptist in prison. He's got nothing left. He can't even go rummage around for honey and locusts to eat on his own. He's locked up in a prison cell. He's poor. He's sentenced to death. He's got nothing. But still, the good news of Christ is for him. In fact, it's especially for him. The good news that God does not hold John's sins against him, but instead he holds those sins against Jesus The good news that Jesus, by His death, has made a way for John and for us to attain eternal life, to come to eternal life, apart from our works and completely by God's mercy. So that John the Baptist, here in his last hours, is given the promise of Jesus, the promise of His baptism, to comfort Him in death. So here we see John's last hour, that he preached one last sermon and that he heard one last sermon and then he died. Now, I want us to consider this, dear saints, this morning, these last events of John with this question for ourselves. And I'll admit that this is a dangerous question. What will you do when death comes? Or perhaps, and maybe even a little more pointedly and a little more terrifyingly, When we die, how will we be remembered? Now this, no doubt, is a law question. And it stings. And its danger falls out in two different directions. But I want to give it a try. 
Because I'm afraid that this sermon finds all of us this morning busy and frantic and doing all sorts of different things. That we are in our lives running this way and that, occupying ourselves with distractions and diversion. We fill our minds with trifles and with entertainment. And even though we know that there are more important things in life, we are all chasing after things that don't matter. And here I'm also preaching to myself, maybe especially preaching to myself. And in this way, the question, how will people remember me when I'm dead? Or what have I accomplished with my life? It pulls the blinders off, at least for a second, and shows the franticness of our lives to be vanity and emptiness. And I think for most of us, this is a sad thing to consider. It's despairing, really. Now, it happens especially to us on New Year's Day, uh, doesn't it? When we think about all the things that we wanted to accomplish that year and that we didn't, we think of our resolutions and how long they lasted. Ten, twenty minutes. (laughs) And we see the uselessness and the vanity of our lives. We see our failures and our sins. And you know how we attack it? With resolve. More resolve. And this is dangerous. Now, it's not bad to make up your mind to do things differently. It's not bad to have a good idea about how to better love your neighbor or whatever. That's all fine. But resolve is dangerous because we use it as a substitution for repentance. When we see the futility of our lives, then we resolve to do better and we find some comfort in that resolve. And we say, I'm going to live a life that will make God proud. I'm going to live out my days so that people won't even have enough time to tell of all my good works at my funeral. They'll need a book for my obituary or whatever. And in this way, we attack our despair with the pride of resolve. We're hopeless, really. I mean, we're swinging back and forth on this pendulum of despair and pride. We we realize the emptiness of our own lives. That's the swing into despair. And then we tighten up our belt to do better. That's the swing into pride. And then we fail and swing back to despair and recommit ourselves with even more resolve and swing back into pride and back and forth and back and forth. And so it goes. Repent. And that's what John the Baptist preached. And that's how John the Baptist died. Repent. Trust Christ. Listen to Him. Do you see, dear saints, that repentance is the antidote to our despair and our pride. Repentance is knowing the depth of your own sin. In fact, it's knowing that your sin is probably worse than you even know about and that because of the sin, God should cast you out of His presence forever. But repentance also knows Christ and trusts Him and the forgiveness of His sins. The forgiveness that He brings to us by His death on the cross. Repentance is neither despair over your sin or resolve to do better, but repentance is hearing Jesus. The poor have the good news preached to them. And that is how John the Baptist died. 
Not, not boasting in all of his prophetic works that of all the people born of woman, John the Baptist is the greatest. No, John the Baptist died listening to a sermon about Christ, hearing his promises and rejoicing in his mercy. That is the legacy of John the Baptist. And that is our Christian legacy as well. I mean, we know, you know, don't you, your own sin, your shame, your regrets, your failures. Whenever someone dies, this all comes to the surface. All the things that we failed to do, all the ways that we failed to care, all the love that was lost when death comes and snatches away our loves. We, we all know that. And we know the vanity of our own lives, how we're chasing after the wind. We know, I suppose, in some ways, the things that, that we've accomplished and the things that we're proud of. But when it comes time to die, let all of these things be gone. And dear saints, let it be said of us, the poor have the good news preached to them. Let our greatest works be that we listened to the voice of Jesus. Let our boast be that we are baptized. And let our hope and our confidence and our joy be nothing but this. We are died for by Jesus. We are covered with His blood. We are called by His name. We are imputed with His righteousness. And we are saved by His grace and mercy. This is our confidence. And this is our peace. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.